Welcome to the Westminster Chapel podcast. For more information and to support our mission to London and beyond, please visit westminsterchapel.org.uk. Hi, I'm Howard. And I'm Holly. We're coming to you from the front of Westminster Chapel, uh, where we'd like to welcome you to our service. We're doing things a bit differently this year. Normally we'd anticipate being in the church all together around a thousand people. But just because we can't meet physically this year doesn't make it any less important. In fact, the message of Christmas is even more important now than ever because of the year that we've just had, a year like no other before. And that's why we've worked hard to put together a great service for you to enjoy. Peace in an anxious world. We've got wonderful carols to look forward to, encouraging Bible readings and a super hope-filled message from a friend of ours, Adrian, in three parts, as well as a really good rendition of the Lord's Prayer by children from our church. Absolutely. And we would love to hear from you too. So later on in the service, a text-in number is going to appear on the screen and we would love to hear your thoughts, your feedback and your comments. Tell us what you like, what you don't like. We're always looking to improve our events. Adrian, later on in his message, is going to invite every one of you to text in your comments. We would love to hear from you. All that remains now is for us to start the service properly and to enjoy our first carol together.
Luke 1, 26-37 God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be barren is in her sixth month. For nothing is impossible with God. Well, good evening, everyone, and a very happy Christmas to you. I'm pleased to say that we are going to have some fun, hopefully, uh, in the next few minutes. So let me introduce myself by saying that a few years ago now, my wife, Julia, gave birth to our fourth, and in my opinion, final child. She's called Emma. She does actually have legs. Uh, it's just that you can't see them in this particular photo. I don't know why that is. But anyway, here is a picture of my wife and our four kids. And uh, I'm pleased to say that all four of these girls have all, over the years, taken part in our local primary school nativity play. Most recently, Emma played the part of a sheep. And we love the primary school nativity. In one primary school nativity, there was a little boy who really wanted to be Joseph. But he wasn't chosen to be Joseph. He was chosen to be the innkeeper instead. But he didn't want to be the innkeeper. He wanted to be Joseph. And so we come to that great moment in the primary school nativity play when Joseph and Mary arrive at the innkeeper's door and they knock on the door. And the innkeeper opens the door and Joseph says these words. Can my wife Mary and I, can we come in for the evening? And the innkeeper replied, she can come in, but you can't. I wanted to be Joseph. Folks, it was at Christmas uh, many years ago that I first got together with Julia, who is now my wife. And uh, at the time, there was a group of 20 of us friends who went ice skating. Now, the background to this story is that I really liked Julia but I was absolutely convinced that she would not like me, for one very good reason. I thought that she was too good-looking for me. Thank you for that R. This was a fact, a fact that was confirmed to me by all of my friends. But I was nevertheless one of the four nominated drivers for the trip to the ice dome, 20 people, four cars. And not only did Julia get into my car, my marine blue Ford Sierra, two litre, but she actually sat in the passenger seat next to me. But 
at the time I thought nothing of it. I thought she just wants to go ice skating. Ladies and gentlemen, when it comes to ice skating, I have a problem in that although I can ice skate quite fast, I can't change direction or stop. So all I can do is race across the ice, slam into the boards, turn around, race across the ice, slam into the boards. And so I spend most of the afternoon's ice skating session spread-eagled face down on the ice. The first time I fall over, I catch Julia out the corner of my eye laughing at me, but second time I fall over, she comes over to help me up. Oh, what does that mean? Well, at the time, I thought she just feels sorry for me. Anyway, at the end of the day, we all go back to somebody's house to watch a video. And Julia is the last of the 20 people to enter the room. And not only does she come to sit on my side of the room, but she actually chose to sit on the carpet right next to the chair that I was sitting in. In fact, looking back, I probably should have offered her my chair. But that was the moment where I thought, maybe the seemingly impossible dream that Julia Brown would like me is coming true. And I have to tell you, that was an electric feeling. And you know, I've only ever had that same electric feeling on one other occasion in my life. And that was on the day when I began a relationship with God. And in our first reading, Mary is told that nothing is impossible with God. And the message of Christmas really is that because Christ has come into the world at Christmas, it is now possible for each and every one of us to enjoy for ourselves a relationship with God.
For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. John 3 verses 16 to 17. In our first reading, Mary is told that nothing is impossible with God. And I wonder whether maybe you have a seemingly impossible dream for your life that you'd love to come true. Can I ask you tonight, what is your ambition? What is your dream for your life? It is Christmas. At Christmas, we're allowed to dream a bit. And I imagine many of us would say, oh gosh, I don't know. Uh, uh, I don't, what's my ambition? Well, I suppose ultimately we might say, I don't know that I need to be enormously famous. I don't know that I need to be enormously wealthy. We might say, if ultimately I could have one loving, lasting relationship with one other person. I mean, if I could have a, a happy family life, whatever that looks like. And if as a kind of a bonus, if I could have a job where I could make a difference, if I could use the gifts and abilities that I seem to have been given if, in some small way, if I could help make the world a better place. If I had a fulfilling job, we might say, and I had a happy family life, if I had all that, we might say, well, yeah, I think I'd be happy. But the funny thing about being me, the funny thing about being a 52-year-old married bloke with four kids, is that when I pick up the youngest one from the school, the other parents there, they've got the successful career, they've got the stable marriage, they've got the happy family life, and they are not short of money. And yet some of them have literally said to Julia and to me, hmm, there's got to be more to life than this. Because it seems that even when we have arrived at whatever it is that right now we're trying to arrive at as we're working our way through life and then we go for uh, the job. I mean, this is the job that we really want. And then we get the job. And then we go for the flat. And then we get the flat. We can find that when we've got what we wanted, after a while... Hmm. There's still this nagging feeling that there remains some element or dimension to life that we haven't got yet. I feel like now I've found that elusive, lasting sense of peace. In our next reading, we'll hear that Christmas declaration, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace to men and women on whom his favour rests. I feel like now I've found that peace. I feel like I've found a missing ingredient that at least some people are looking for. And I've found it in a relationship with God through trusting this person whose birth we're celebrating tonight. You know, the baby Jesus grew up to offer you and me eternal life. We heard that thrilling offer in our second reading just a moment ago. And when people actually met Jesus, what overwhelmed them about him was his compassion and his humility. Jesus was an amazingly warm-hearted person. He truly loved people. He said things like, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, I'll give you rest. He said, if anyone is thirsty, 
let him come to me and drink. He said, hey, if you're hungry, I'm the bread of life. And Jesus promises that if we do follow him, he says, I will be with you always, even to the very end of the age. Jesus offers us what he called abundant life, life to the full. And so right now, you and I can come to Christ. Christ who says, I am the light of the world. Christ who says, I am the resurrection and the life. If anyone believes in me, even if they die, they'll live. Christ who said, I am the way and the truth and the life. Christ who predicted that he would be killed, but he also predicted that three days after he'd back up all of his amazing claims by physically rising from the dead. You know, I began working life here in central London as a reporter on the Times newspaper. I then became a BBC radio presenter and eventually I became a television presenter. And the reason why I'm telling you that is because when I worked for the BBC, I was trained to be cynical. I was trained to doubt and to disbelieve everything and everyone. But I became convinced by the historical evidence that Jesus of Nazareth must have risen physically from the dead and that his resurrection gives real credibility to his amazing claims. And so I began to wonder, maybe this is a special baby in the manger after all. Maybe Christ is God's gift to us at Christmas.
third reading is Luke chapter 2, verses 8 to 14. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Saviour has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favour rests. Hola, Father, from heaven, in heaven, our Father, in the heaven. Your kingdom comes. Your will be done. On earth as in heaven. On earth as in heaven. On earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins. As we forgive others. You sin against us. Lead us not into temptation. But deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom. The power and the glory. Now and forever. Now and forever. Amen. 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 Now and forever.
Well, you may be amused to know that a small boy amazed his teacher by saying he knew the names of both the angels who announced the birth of the baby Jesus. And his teacher, a bit surprised, asked what the names of these two angels were. And the boy replied, the angel Gabriel and Hark, the herald angel. Now, I was a bit like that. I I didn't know all the stuff. Hey, I didn't go to church. I didn't have any friends my age who went to church. And so I was invited along out of the blue to a local church. And at their carol service, the Reverend Norman Moss did this carol service talk called What's the Point of Christmas? And he said that if we accept God's gift of Christ at Christmas, then Christ will provide us with peace and joy in this life and in the next. And then to illustrate how, he launched into a dramatic sketch whereby he got three members of the carol service congregation, three volunteers, to come and stand each on one of three chairs. So he's off to get his first volunteer. This person uh, is going to play the part of God the Father. And so this person stands on a chair over here. Norman narrates his own sketch. And Norman says, uh, God creates gravity and electromagnetism, matter and antimatter. God brings space, time, matter and energy into existence at a point in the finite past. 
and God creates our finely tuned universe and then God creates life and then God creates human beings and Norman's off again for the second time. He's going to get his second volunteer. This person's going to play the part of humanity, womankind, mankind. Man stands on a chair right next to God the Father. They're together hugging each other and at this point everything in Norman's sketch is going really well. But then sadly, what happens next in Norman's sketch is that man over here on this chair, he becomes so preoccupied with the gifts that he's been given. It's almost like he forgets where the gifts have come from. In fact, he turns his back on the gift giver. And before you know it, he's got down off his chair and he starts to wander off in this direction. And can I just say that I can relate to this, I can sympathise with this? Because I think I would have said, well, yeah, I mean, if God really did make the planet that I'm standing on, I mean, if God really did make the oxygen that I'm breathing, well, yeah, I, su I suppose God probably should be number one in my life. But for so many reasons, he's not. I mean, not really. God's kind of on my radar somewhere, I would have said. By this stage, man is back on his chair, but he's really quite a long way away from God the Father over there on that chair. And no one says, look, the thing is, no one says, all of us are on this chair. That all of us have sinned and the Bible says we now fall short of the glory of God. The glory of God's over there on that chair. We're over here on this chair and there's this big gap. No one says the problem is that if we die and we're still on this chair when we die, well, we won't be in heaven when we die because heaven's all the way over there. So we're facing an eternal separation from God. The Bible actually says the result of the wages of sin is death. So we're looking at the death penalty on this chair, Norman says. That's the bad news, Norman says. But then his face lights up and he scampers across the stage and he says, but the good news at the first Christmas is that God over here on this chair is so loving that when he sees us in that terrible predicament over there in that chair, he does something about it. Oh yes, he calls for his son Jesus to come into the world. And he's off looking for his third and final volunteer. So Jesus comes up. Someone, someone playing the part of Jesus comes and stands on a chair in between God over here on this chair and man over here on this chair. Jesus holds out his arms like so kind of like creating a bridge. And no one says, this is why the shepherds are told today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you because the baby grows up and when he's about 33 and dies on the cross, he does the saving. Jesus takes the death penalty that was coming to you and me over here in this chair, but Jesus dies instead of all who trust in him. Jesus solves the problem. It's like he builds a bridge. He makes a way back to God. And so Norman's sketch ends memorably with man making the most of the opportunity. He holds on to Jesus and he goes through the cross, by the cross holding on to Jesus, gets all the way back onto the same chair as God the Father. God and man have this massive hug and the carol service congregation erupts in cheers and applause and laughter and Norman spins around and says, that's the point of Christmas that God so loved you that at the first Christmas, when he saw you in that terrible predicament, he called for his son to come into the world so that now, 
if you believe in him, you will not perish over here on this chair. No, you will end up having eternal life back over here on this chair with God the Father. And it's amazing to think that Jesus actually volunteered for this rescue mission. That this life which began with gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh, by stark contrast, Jesus knew that his life would end. Well, how did it end? First of all, with a Roman flagellum used by two soldiers who whipped his back. And then a crown of thorns placed down upon his head and three Roman nails driven into his hands and feet. And so as Jesus died on a cross, in a sense he was, figuratively speaking, building a bridge, making a way between God on the one hand and man on the other hand. In fact, Jesus was uniquely qualified. Jesus was the only person who's ever lived who could have brought these two parties together because on the one hand, the Bible says that Jesus really was fully God, that he was as much God as God the Holy Spirit is God, as much God as God the Father is God. In a few minutes, we'll all be singing, veiled in flesh, the Godhead see. Hail the incarnate deity. Jesus was fully God, at least that's what the Bible says. But on the other hand, Jesus of Nazareth is actually a fact of history. I mean, he was a real human being. He was fully man. And so as Jesus hung there on the cross, connecting heaven and earth, God and man, he was building a bridge. And at the end of his life, he felt a surge of satisfaction, a sense of job done, a sense of mission accomplished, a sense of bridge built. And he cried out from the cross, it is finished. He built the bridge that he came into the world to build, a bridge across which any one of us can come tonight. And if we do come across that bridge, then you can have peace with God. And so the message of Christmas really is glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to men and women on whom his favor rests. Peace. You know, once you've got this peace, there's no need to worry about anything in this life or in the next. Once you've got this peace, there's no need to be afraid of anything anymore. Once you've crossed this bridge, once you've got that peace, hey, what a thing it is for you if you receive that peace tonight to wake up tomorrow morning and then every morning for the rest of your life knowing it doesn't matter what comes against me today. I know God loves me. God's got a good plan for my life. I've got peace with God. If you receive that peace tonight, what a thing it is for you maybe a week from now. You're standing at a freezing bus stop, but you know in your heart, I've got peace with God. And if you're not sure that you have got that peace, you can have it. And you can have it right now. If you want that peace, I'd love to pray the final verse of the carol we just sang. And in a moment, I'd like to personalize it and make it a prayer that you could pray if you like to. In a moment, I'd love to pray, O holy child of Bethlehem, descend to me, I pray. Cast out my sin and enter in. Be born in me today. Oh, come to me. Abide with me, my Lord 
Emmanuel. Emmanuel means God with us. And you can make that your prayer. Uh, you needn't close your eyes. You don't even have to say it out loud. You can just look at the screen. You can uh, bow your head if you'd like to, but you could just look straight at the screen. You didn't say anything. I'm just going to read the last verse of the little town of Bethlehem as a prayer. And you can pray with me if you'd like to and make it your prayer. And then I'd like to add a short prayer that you might also like to make your own. So let's pray together, shall we? Let's finish with a short prayer. And maybe tonight you're praying something like this. O holy child of Bethlehem, descend to me, I pray. Cast out my sin and enter in. Be born in me today. Oh, come to me. Abide with me, my Lord, Emmanuel. And maybe you're praying, Dear Lord God, Heavenly Father, I am sorry that I've sinned and fallen short of your glory. But thank you so much that the first Christmas you sent your Son, Jesus, into the world to die on the cross as my substitute in my place instead of me. Now I'm turning to you. You are my Saviour and Lord. Amen. Amen. Hey, if you prayed that prayer, or if you want to make that prayer your prayer, then as everybody is texting in their comments to the number that is on the screen right now, why don't you, when you text in your comment, just tell us, everybody will be telling us what they thought of the service, you know, what did you like, what didn't you like, how could we have done it better? And while you're texting your comment, if you want to make that your prayer, then why don't you put the word YES in capital letters in your text message, the message that you sent in, Everybody will be sending in their comments. Just put the word yes. If you're not part of a church and you're making that your prayer, you want to make that your prayer, then just make sure you put the word yes in capital letters in your text message. We'd like to invite everyone now just to give us your feedback. We'd love to improve our events each year that we do here. Tell us honestly what you thought. And while everybody's responding in the next 60 seconds or so, we'll have some background music. Just put that word, yes, in capital letters. If you're not part of a church, but you're making that your prayer, we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to encourage you. God bless you. It's been great being with you. And a very happy Christmas to you.
was such an encouraging message from Adrian. If you prayed that prayer, we'd love to hear from you. As Adrian said, just send in your feedback. And when you do, put yes in capital letters at the end of it. And someone from our team will be in touch just to bless and serve you. So let's sing together now. Hark the Herald Angels Sing.
That was a wonderful final carol. There is still time for you to respond as well. We'd love to hear your feedback. And again, we'd love to hear from you if you prayed that prayer with Adrian. Just send in a text message with yes at the end of it. And also after the service, we're going to be having a Zoom call. So all the details are on the screen now. Do come and join us and have a Christmassy catch up. And perhaps if you have a mince pie or mulled wine handy at home, we can eat and drink those together. And next week, we have another great service for you, Hope in Unexpected Places, featuring a really fun nativity for all the family to enjoy. And get your diaries out, because from the 10th of January, we're going to be running an eight-week wellness journey. It's all about holistic well-being, mind, body, and spirit. And it's a chance for us all to start the new year with our tanks fully full, rather than running on empty, as they so often are. And more details can be found on the screen now. Let's just take a moment to pray as we close our service. Lord God, we thank you so much that you came to die for us, to rescue us. Please, for all of us, would you be our light, our peace and our hope this Christmas. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you so much for watching and we'll see you on the Zoom call. Bye. Bye. listening to sermon audio from Westminster Chapel. If you'd like to partner with us in making disciples and sharing the gospel, please consider making a one-off or regular donation. Visit westminsterchapel.org.uk forward slash giving to find out how.